The ideas, procedures, and suggestions contained within this podcast are not intended as a substitute for consulting with a medical professional. All matters regarding your health and fitness require medical consultation and supervision. Welcome to the Warrior Wellness Podcast, a podcast for military members, veterans, and first responders focusing on fitness, health, nutrition, and biohacking. Our mission with this podcast is to introduce America's heroes to lifestyle habits and hacks that will help them live healthier, happier lives, and in turn, be fit enough to continue their support of their communities and country. Well, thank you, Don, for being on the Warrior Wellness Podcast. Don is the Branding and Marketing Director for VetJobs.org. So I asked um, Don to uh, come on the Warrior Wellness Podcast uh, because if you're listening to this um, later on, um, you may remember that we are in the middle of uh, a year-long COVID crisis. Um, our economy has basically been shut down for a really long time now. And, um, you know, there's predictions that we're going to go into a full-blown recession. And there are a lot of concerns about, um, you know, joblessness, employment, um, things of that nature. And that's always a, a topic of conversation for the military veteran and the transitioning um, veteran population. So I wanted to kind of um, get Don on the show and talk about these topics. We're going to talk about unemployment. We're going to talk about military um, transition issues. We're going to talk specifically about what's going on right now with COVID and a potential recession and um, give you guys some tips and tricks. Um, and also, of course, the resources of vetjobs.org to um, help you navigate through this difficult time, um, whether or not you're, you know, about to transition from the military to the the civilian career, um, or maybe you're looking to, you know, change up jobs, completely change your career, or maybe you lost your job during COVID and you're looking to kind of rebrand yourself, do something different, um, or just put food on the table. Obviously, that's what people are struggling with right now. So um, thanks so much for being on the Warrior Wellness Podcast, and um, let's get started. Absolutely. Happy happy to be here and, you know, help bring some light to what, what we're seeing out there in the marketplace. So I'll follow right. your lead. Okay. Thanks, Don. So I looked up in researching um, for this specific interview, I looked up the veteran unemployment rates. I was interested in seeing that because I've never actually really paid attention to those numbers. Um, it's been a while since I've, I've done, you know, yellow ribbon events and stuff like that where we're talking about these things. So um, I found the most recent number was in December 2020, and it said the veteran unemployment rate was 5.4%, which is very low, um, down from 6.3% um, the previous month. So that's actually very good, especially for in the middle of what we're going through right now. Um, and then they said the comparable non-veteran unemployment rate was 6.7% in December. So actually veterans right now, or as of December, um, actually had a better employment rate um, or better, I guess you could say a better unemployment rate. Um, so, but I also wanted to look at the previous um, year just to see where it was at pre, you know, COVID. Um, obviously that's going to be different. So the unemployment rate was 3.1%, which was actually the, this was for veterans, the lowest in 19 years. So that was really interesting to me. Um, so Don, you being um, working in this field with vetjobs.org, um, what are you seeing out there in the field with the people that you're working with, with unemployment rates? 
Yeah, yeah those are, well, every time we get into government data, you know, you take that with a grain of salt. So it's really high for military spouses. We'll tell you that typically that trends around 20%. Um, oh, wow. And it, you know, it's just a different uh, animal, right? And military spouses have their own challenges. But um, when we're talking about the veteran data, which you pulled off of probably Department of Labor, which is what we track as well, um, that can be quite skewed. I mean, it, I don't think those are very accurate because if you really dig into these numbers, which I have, I like to geek out on data, um, they really skew this in regards because they unpack unemployment into about six different categories. So there's about six different rates out there. And so this number here in particular doesn't include certain categories of people, but let's not focus too much on the numbers. Yes, there's a trend down that's probably higher than what we're looking at on their website, right? Based upon the data that they're providing us. So it, it is higher and I'm sure it's higher as well from COVID, but let's focus more about the COVID aspect because that's that's what's key here. Because today we're recording this January 29th, 2021 and vaccines are growing out, you know, but we know COVID's still here, as I like to call it, the surveys the virus. Um, you know, I don't know if you're on YouTube, but so YouTube scans this stuff and they don't like that word. So they, they can poo poo us, um, mm -hmm. but we like to follow more than the trends, more about what's happening in industry. And across the board, you know, we see over 25,000 people a year. Last year alone, we trained, just to give you some context, we trained about 16,000 people in our training programs that helps prepare them for work or prepare them with new skills and training opportunities. Um, and we confirmed over uh, 10,000 hires last year. So we, we see a large volume transitioning veterans, veterans themselves, underemployed people trying to reskill or move up in a career. But we see a large variety from March of last year, basically the first few months of this pandemic was a huge drop. I mean, everybody was deer in the headlights. Well, what's happening? I mean, jobs just went off the chart. I mean, they went from 2.4 million we follow on our job board to about 400,000. You know, and they shifted more emergency needed you know, high, you know, supply and transportation oriented, um, you know, so the jobs were available, but they shifted, right, mm -hmm. as far as what was still functioning. And it really didn't trend upwards until summertime last year in 2019 to where we're even at today. We, we gauge like the health of employment based upon our partners, employer partner relationships, which bans everything from Fortune 500 all the way down to the small mom and pop. And now our job boards back up to over 2 million jobs. So the opportunities have returned or, and or are returning, but you see a shift in those as well. You know, what, what you're going to see in 2021 going forward, there's going to be a lot of businesses that aren't coming back that mm. did not survive the pandemic. And economically, we haven't felt that yet. So that's why we're trending towards this recessionary period. And you've got the government propping up the markets by the stimulus packages and that's helped people survive and carry the load whether you're on unemployment or participating in, in the stimulus checks which most people are that helps a little bit right but you still need to work you still need to support yourself your family and so we've really seen a shift in what jobs are returning what's really happened during the pandemic from an employment perspective it's really accelerated our ties to technology and here we are on a Zoom call. I mean, Zoom became very comfortable. Working from home became very comfortable. You've seen shift in, in employers 
uh, like Twitter, for example, now they're 100% committed to working from home entirely going forward. They've been changed their whole structure to working in, from an office environment, right? Because now companies have realized a dollar cost savings and said, oh, if we've survived COVID, we don't need this office infrastructure. We don't need to work out of that. So going forward, it's going to be very interesting because you're going to see a shift in this these trends. And not everybody's going to do it. Obviously, some people, you know, depends on the business and the structure. I mean, we're talking in you know, very macro level here, but, but that's one big shift that we've seen. But how does this affect us, right? From a veteran perspective or military perspective or military spouse perspective, it, it really, and sorry, this is a loaded question. So there's a lot to yeah. unpack. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've really got to pay attention to these trends and the shift in the economy. Where is the money flowing? We know green energy sector is going to be getting a lot of attention from the Biden. We got a new political regime going into the office. Um, you know, we got to follow that. And if you're in the job market or you're going to be in the job market, you've got to start planning ahead. You've got to take advantage of resources out there that assist you, which there are plenty. And we can dive a little bit more into that. But I, I hope I answered your question. I don't want to continue on. I can talk more into that category, but I'll kind of let you steer how you want to navigate around this because there's so much to talk about. Right, right. Now, those are all good points. And um, I think for you, probably you're thinking, um, you know, being in this field, it's, it's kind of more of the same, you know, you're teaching the same skills. It's just, you know, skewed a little differently um, in, in light of what's going on with, with our economy, our politics, everything. Um, but the bottom line for transition, for transitioning military members, especially coming from active duty to civilian world, is um, an ability to adapt, right? An ability to take your skill set, your attributes, your, you know, the, your training, your experience, and kind of mold that into a package that looks uh, appealing to a potential employer and all, also kind of falling into um, what's going on in the economy, in the job market. What are, you know, what are your skills that are valuable right now, you know, depending on what's going on in the world. So, you know, like you said, during COVID, especially when it first happened and, and even still now, you know, the shift was um, in, you know, transportation and deliveries and, you know, those kind of first line types of, of workers, you know, working in, uh, you know, food industry and healthcare industry and first responder industry, rather than, you know, just like an office job somewhere, you know, um, going to, to a nine to five. So, you know, can you pack, repackage yourself, your skills, your experiences, your attributes, your, your, you know, your value um, into what's going to be appealing to a market right now? I mean, that's no matter what's going on, COVID or not, that's what you help veterans with, right? Absolutely. And being the industry leader, that's really where we focus. So we, we really set the trend in the space. You know, we see the largest volume of people. We work with the largest volume in a year's time. And that's a drop in the bucket based upon the hundreds of thousands of people that actually transition every year. So, you know, we're touching the lives of 20 plus thousand people being the largest in the industry. 
look how much look at that gap of people that you know still aren't served but there's a lot of charity organizations that do work so they're picked up along the way in different places right but but reskilling and upskilling is really the next phase that we see trending from employers and let's say the last decade was an emphasis on getting a degree having a, a college degree i mean it was I'm 43, you know, when I was a kid, that's all people talked about. Get a good degree, go out and get a good job. You know, prior to us in my generation, it was get a job and work there for 40 years and get a gold watch and all is good. Yay, mm -hmm. you know, so that's not the environment we live in these days. Oftentimes with the rise in prices, you know, and this becomes an economical pressure, you know, cooker with what we have trending on right now. If we're moving into some type of recessionary period, what's going to happen with jobs, you know, so coming off the tail end of COVID, it's going to be even more pressure on the small businesses to survive into a recessionary period. And you're talking six, small businesses make up 60% of the labor force out there that drives the economy that drives our GDP, us as a nation. And so, you know, that's really what you have to pay attention to is what's happening locally with where, wherever you want to transition to and go to, really get into the weeds about what's happening around that environment and maybe consider, you know, relocating to a place that has something that is of interest to you. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things of coming out of service is the mind shift, the mental mind shift of what's been beaten into us over years, because you've had people who go 20 years in a career of either taking orders or giving orders. And people say, yes, sir, no, ma'am, yes, ma'am, and I just do, right? I'm a, a cog on a wheel of a greater team. I'm a team environment, right? Now you've got to think for your own. So there's a little bit of a mind shift that has to come out of service. You know, some people get there faster, but I, I think that that's probably one of the biggest commonalities amongst people is understanding that you must do for yourself and you must take the initiative to set a career path, find your interests, you know, get those skills that you lack to get in the job. And that's a lot of what we do here is, is it's not just talking about, Hey, let's get a butt in the seat, get you income. It's where do you want to go in the next two to three to four years? Where do you want to be in five to 10 years? And this is what our team is good at having these conversations with people is understanding that path. Cause then you can reverse engineer it. Oh, my interests are X. Okay. Here's the career fields. Here's what's trending, what's happening in that particular space. We're going down into a recessionary period, most likely, you know, in the years to come, how's that going to be positioned in that environment? And so these are bigger conversations to have with people. And it's, it's tough to hear sometimes because you come out of service or you're just like, oh, I want 60 or 80,000 or more. Okay, how do your skills match up to that type of job? Oftentimes people have higher expectations of the job market, but when they get into the weeds of the reality, it's, it's hyper-competitive and you have to compete with other people, not just military people out there. And there's millions of people right now, 20 plus million out of work right now, I think because of COVID, it's gonna become an even increasingly competitive market in the near term with what's happening. But even though the jobs are rebounding, some small businesses are going to fall to the wayside. You know, it, it's it's a rough environment out there. So mm -hmm. take these skills or 
reskill or add skills to you is increasingly important right now. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, especially if you've been in the military or worked in the military types of uh, support fields, um, we all hear about veterans transition issues, you know, whether it be, um, you know, just, you know, uh, uh, deployment issues, related issues, PTS, um, you know, military transitions going from, you know, military to civilian, you hear about transition issues all the time, right? So can you talk about just what are some of the common transitional problems that veterans may face when they are, you know, get first getting in out of, you know, uniform and into the civilian job market? Probably one of the bigger things is not preparing ahead of time or not starting their search or journey or, or discovery period of what it is they have interest in, you know, sooner. Um, and we've seen that shift in the TAPS organizations. We have a lot of relationships with the TAPS agencies around on different bases and they themselves had shifted into a uh, starting earlier. You know, some have shifted into six months preparation. So it's no longer, you know, the th three, four day flurry of here's a bunch of information, <laughs> sign these paperwork, see you later. You know, it's, they've shifted themselves into helping people prepare better for the exit in that transition. And I think that's a, a tremendous thing that's, that could be beneficial for people. Um, but outside of that, it's really, you know, having that conversation with the person in the mirror about what it is you want to be when you grow up, you know, what is that? And that's probably the biggest hurdle. And that's why a lot of people go to school to buy some time to think about it, to experience something. Because what's the reality? You might be somebody who's been in 20 plus years and maybe you never had a job outside of the military or you're a young individual. Maybe the military was your first job and now you're getting out in your 20s after a short term and you're first you know, getting into the job market. You don't have a resume. So that's the other piece of what we find valuable and what we offer people is really extracting the value of you from your experiences in the military and helping people identify with that. And that's one of the common struggles too is placing that value of themselves in work experience from a military perspective and translating that to a resume. And that's, that's a big, big piece of it uh, right there as well. And it's amazing to see people, you know, respond when they, we start helping them unpack that, that term that they were in, whether they have managerial skills, they've managed a team of people, they might've been managing millions of dollars in equipment. I mean, that's massive. Some people who are in the supply field, they're handling billions of dollars, you know, running through their team, you know, so that's, that's highly valuable to people in the, on the, from an employment perspective. That's why they love military is because of these experiences, because of the discipline that we come out with. And I had a great interview with employer on my video series yesterday. They love military. A lot of them just love military because we have this mindset that we just do. We do things, we adapt, we overcome. And the biggest thing one guy said to me on this interview this last week, he's like, you guys show up. Right. Isn't that the number one thing you learn in boot camp? Right. You show up on time in uniform, right? right. <laughs> but you so show I up. Thought, I thought it was funny, but yeah, th those are some of the common 
you know, challenges that people have. And obviously it's different from person to person, but I think those are some of the bigger, bigger pieces to, to focus on right there. Yeah. What do, what are the most common mistakes veterans make when they're transitioning um, and into civilian careers? Probably not taking advantage of the robust support community that has grown up in the last 10 to 20 years since 9-11. There's really been a huge surge of support, charity organizations, groups like yourself, you know, we get plugged in, you know, find that camaraderie again. Oftentimes we'll see people isolate and, you know, that leads to loneliness. You miss that camaraderie. I'm very active in my Tampa community or a national in national groups through social media, through LinkedIn, through Facebook, you can find that camaraderie again. You know, I think that's one thing that people might mistake is just not getting connected. You know, every city probably has, you know, obviously a VFW <laughs> or an American Legion, but outside of the bar environment or the social club environment, there's a lot of younger organizations to identify with. Team Red, White, and Blue, for example, IABA, you know, are, are great groups out there. Even Wounded Warriors, you know, that, that group's out there as well. I mean, get involved, participate, you know, be there for somebody else, and you'll find people are there for you as well. You know, so take advantage of the community that's been built out there and find your own place that makes, you know, a value add to you in your life. Um, is one one other thing I'll add to that too is because we have this robust network, you know, really finding a mentor, and whether it's through the local groups or uh, online, Veterati is a great example of that. Veterati is a great charity organization out there that you can sign up and find a mentor. But find somebody in the field that you have an interest in, an industry that you have an interest in. You can find them today and have them have you know have a conversation with them help them, help them help you <laughs> is a joke, but um, that's the truth of it. F people have the knowledge of the industry, tap into that because you might start down a path and you might say, oh, I don't really like this, you know, so save yourself some time and just get plugged in, get active, volunteer a little bit in the industry if you can, internships, apprenticeships, Gain, you can gain so much great exposure to a job field or an industry today. So, you know, sample, find, tune your interests, and then double down when you do find that, that love, that passion. Because we all want, and what's more important from an employer standpoint to an individual, we want that cultural connection these days. And that you hear people talk about the culture fit. What's the culture like at this company? And that's part of my series that I do, my video series for Salute to Industry with the charity, with Vet Jobs, is I do a 15-minute behind-the-scenes look about what is it like to work here at this company? Because if I'm applying from an Indeed job board, I don't know anything. I'm reading a paragraph about them that says, mm -hmm. oh, that's what it is. But, you know, do the due diligence and really find out what the culture is. I interviewed uh, the Uber military hiring manager last night. They have a great culture, military culture there. Never would have known it, right? I'd think of Uber like, oh, they're drivers, but no, there's so much more to Uber. But not only that, they have a great work environment. Leaf filter, or, you know, talk to them Tuesday. I didn't even know what leaf filter was until Tuesday, <laughs> it was interview. But 
they've got a great military culture inside, a veteran culture. So find those companies that that really emphasize or you know put an emphasis on building and developing that culture inside. You're going to be a lot happier in the long run. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's so important for anybody. I mean, I, I've heard that over and over again, um, working in organizations um, as supervisors. Um, you know, I, I get that compliment all the time still to this day for uh, people who used to work under me, you know, I was their supervisor in the civilian world. And they, you know, they said, gosh, you were the best boss I ever had. You're the best supervisor. And it, you know, it had nothing to do with how much they were getting paid. You know, it had nothing to do with how many hours they were working. It had everything to do with the culture that, you know, the leadership created you know, for the employees um, in that organization, that's what, you know, made them say, wow, that was a great job. It wasn't, oh, I was making X amount of money. I had a J-O-B, you know, it was, I actually, you know, was respected. There was a good culture. I was supported. Um, you know, there, it was just a, a great working environment. So that, that is extremely, extremely important. And I know it's going to be transitioning now, um, with more and more jobs going virtual. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see how creative those organizations get. Um, that's interesting that Uber, you know, is able to create that even though, you know, they, they don't have offices they go to, right? They, you know, they're able to create this wonderful culture even though they're all remote workers. You're right. And it lends in well to what the fire team whiskey's about, your health and wellness. And it's, it's a mental peace of mind and sometimes you'll sacrifice for less money to be around a good environment. Right. Mm -hmm. it, it overall is just about your, your health and wellness, right. Your happiness. Yes. At the end of the day. You know, mm -hmm. we, we all go work in some capacity or generate income and money to survive in some capacity. It's a long journey, friends, you know, find the find something that, that makes you happy. And, and do that, right? Because there's so many, there is a lot of opportunity out there. And you might have to relocate or you might have to take on new skills or retrain yourself to find that place. But that's, that's what we have to do. Yeah. And I, I think also something, a transitional issue that, that veterans struggle with is that, um, you know, they, we, we all get comfortable. Right? We all get comfortable. We all, you know, are experts in whatever we're doing in the military. You know, we've done it for 25 years, you know, we get out and it's like, feel like we're starting over, you know, it's like, I was so comfortable. I was so competent. And now I'm looking at having to learn something completely brand new, something I'm unfamiliar with. Right. And it's, it's, you know, it's a level of vulnerability um, that we get put through, um, you know, because we're just kind of diving into this brand new pool um, and it's just unfamiliar. Well, and from a wellness perspective, that's where we can tie back into the, our previous conversation about finding that community outside, you know, find a place to identify with or a group to identify with. And like your your guys's journey, I'm probably going to join be joining the the health and wellness 30 day challenge coming up. <laughs> COVID 19 down oh, here. Oh yeah, we could take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so getting involved with people and groups, you know, that's the biggest thing. Don't self isolate. Don't think you're alone in this journey. 
there's lots of great organizations out there, groups out there doing great things, creating great content, creating, you know, I always like to say we're not content creating creators, we're documenting our journey. Mm -hmm. So that's how I feel about creating content or doing podcasts. I mean, these are things, or my other businesses that I'm involved in, these are things that I document for my daughter and for those behind me or to help other people show them the way of how I'm doing certain something, you know, so if they want to follow suit, they can come and ask me questions like, oh, how are you doing digital marketing? Why are you in software development? You know, that type of stuff. You know, why am I involved in vet jobs? You know, mm -hmm. because I love the community. I, I love having an impact. And, and so it's, it's something that I identify with and that find, I find happiness and value in, right? So, but people have to find those and answer those questions themselves. Yeah. And um, I love that you emphasized, you know, getting a mentor, um, which is extremely, extremely important. And the military is pretty good about that. Military does a lot of um, you know, kind of pairing up and mentorship. At least that was my experience in the military. I had a lot of great mentors who took me under their wing. There's a lot of professional good, development. I'm sorry. <laughs> some good, some bad. Well, yes. Yeah. Some good, some bad, but you know, I, I feel very lucky um, to have had that. I mean, I joined the military when I was 17 years old. So, you know, I, oh, yeah. I still, my, I, I call him my army daddy. Um, he was my very first platoon sergeant when I was 17 years old, brand spanking new, you know, wet behind the ears. He walked me down the aisle a year ago. Great. I mean, we're, oh, wow. we're that, we're that close. I mean, he is like, he grew me up is what I say, you know, he took the reins when my father had passed and he grew me up as an adult, right. When, when I, in my, you know, 10 years in the military. So, um, it's, it's so important to, you can find those kinds of mentorships in the civilian world. And I was lucky to, to have found those when I transitioned to, you know, to my civilian career. So, um, I would, I would encourage people out there is to, you know, don't be afraid to ask, you know, like, I, I don't think unless you're a total asshole, you know, that, that if, you, if I go up to somebody who's been doing this job that I want to get into for 10 years and say, Hey, can we have a cup of coffee and just, you know, kind of chat for 30 minutes. And I have some questions, you know, I, I don't, you know, unless you're a total, you know, idiot, like they're, they're not going to say no, they're, 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 they're going to be open about talking about their experiences, answering your questions. So you know, find people out there, ask the questions. The worst thing that could happen is they say, no, you move on, you find somebody else who's willing to do it. But, you know, just, um, just ask, you know, tap into the resources, tap into the knowledge that's out there for you and use organizations like Vet Jobs to um, help you, equip you with the mentorship with experts like yourself to kind of navigate that path. Because, you're not the first person's ever transitioned in the military, by the way. You know, this isn't the first time this has been done. I don't know why we act like yeah. it's the first time, <laughs> you know, it's like, you are not paving the way, guys. Like, there's millions of people who've done this before you. Why not just learn, you know, from the experts that people have done it before you? You're not blazing a trail here. It's been done. There's ways to do it easier. So just be open to a little bit of mentorship, you know, using the resources that Vet Jobs has for you 
and just be open to, you know, trying some new stuff. It may make feel bad, you know, may feel funny, may feel kind of scary, but at least be open to trying. So that's, you can kind of have a little bit of an easier time doing it. So let's talk about vet jobs and what you guys offer. So, you know, let us know, you know, what kinds of services your organization offers. Great um, way to tee it up. So it's, there's a, a lot to unpack here. So what we like to talk about the most is that we're with you on your journey for life. We're not a one-stop shop. Hey, I got help. Great, I'm here. What we found is in our 10-year span that we've been around, and we've served over a couple hundred thousand people now, um, over 50% of people stick around with us and they come back. So we help them get into a position. And, and again, we're not placing you into a job. We're helping you to shape yourself, get new skills, train, access training, uh, that type of stuff. So let me circle back on that here in a second. But, you know, it, it's it's about the ladder. How do I, what is the ladder? Let's establish the ladder. Cause you're not walking into your dream job. You know, you, you, again, it goes back to the expectations and what's available on the market. It's hyper competitive. So how do you get to where you want to be? It's probably the biggest value add we have is having that conversation. And really people can come to us and they could get as much support as they want or as little support. So if I want self-paced access to our training courses, which are, how do I write a resume properly? We've got a great training partner who's been doing this. She's been, Amy Ross, he's been doing that for over 10 years, writing resumes, shaping resumes, coaching people how to write a federal resume, because yes, it is different than a traditional resume. So that's one of her most popular classes. The federal government's the biggest employer out there, which is to our detriment probably. It's so, <laughs> you know, we won't go there, but you know, that's, so there's a specific class for that. So you can access live training if you want, and, or you could go to pre-recorded training. Some people like to just do it at their self-paced or at night when they, they have time. So they fit it into their schedule as they like. So it's kind of all a cart. It's come in. And if you want a one-on-one, -on -one, a career specialist assistance, we have dozens of people that their sole job is to be your battle buddy. Let's there, you can get one-on-one -on -one support. So anybody come in the door who elects it and wants that type of support, you're gonna get a human being on the other end of the phone. And they're gonna coach you about walking you through all the resources available, talk to you about your career interests, explain how to access our job board and what do I do to navigate that? There's millions of jobs on there. Let's talk about that. You know, what, what location are you trying to get in? Okay, you wanna to go to Tampa, Florida? Let's talk to Don. He's connected there in Tampa. Let's see if we can get you a one-on-one -on -one interview with somebody that you have an interest in. So, and that's part of the struggle too, is the value add for us is it's so competitive. You know, when you put a resume in, it tends to go into a black hole and a computer scans resume. This is the reality of the job market is computers are scanning those resumes. They're extracting keywords. So yes, you need to write a resume for every job out there that you're putting in and applying for. And you need to include keywords into your resume that help you stand out in that process because we know that that's what they're doing. And how do you get to the top of the pile? You have to do these and run these traps because other people are. And if you aren't, you're not gonna get that call back. You might not get that call back. You might not get that interview. So helping people understand what's going on in the job market is a big conversation to have because like we said is, 
I went in at 17 too. I mean, I had before that, before the military, I had, uh, I worked on farms, you know, throwing hay bales around and I was a country kid or I, I did a, a grocery store job, right? So my resume coming out wasn't that stellar from experience, right? I had great military experience with the Marine Corps, but you know, so, you know, how do you, how do you understand that? If you did 20 years in and you never had a job, you've never written a resume, you know? Take advantage of people like us out there. And there's a lot of other great organizations that do it. There's people around local areas as well. We cover a national footprint. We've had, we helped somebody get a job in South Korea last year, in Japan, in Germany. Wow. You know, so we're, we have a big footprint of, of contacts. Um, so it's take advantage of your network is the, a big thing here because that's most of the time you're going to find your job, your next job through your networks. Mm-hmm. So there's value in having a LinkedIn profile. That's what we walk you through too, is let's set you up on LinkedIn. Oh, you're not on LinkedIn? Here's how we use LinkedIn. There's a LinkedIn great training course. So training is one big piece of what we do here. Like I said, we just, I think close to 16,000 people accessed our training last year alone. So, and that's growing. So we're trending up. We're probably gonna touch 20,000 in the near near term. Um, But we do also have relationships with employers, probably a few thousand at a time that kind of flow in and out that we say, hey, if you're a fit for that company and you have an interest, we can make a personal introduction to you, to that organization. That's what we call our hot jobs or our RC jobs. So if you're crawling our website at vetjobs.org, you know, there's two sections. There's a job section on there. One, you can go to the general job board and browse two point, you know, roughly 4 million jobs. Those are veteran-friendly employers looking. We generally don't have relationships with two million people, right? Those people would just come in, they post their jobs with us. But we have a section in, on the job section, uh, it's called RC Jobs, where those are the thousands of employers that we do have relationships with. So if you have an interest in any one of those, we can make a direct connection. If you're qualified, we don't just send anybody over there, right? I mean, you gotta have somewhat, you know, shape or form skills that fit that to some degree. And I think that's a, another misconception. I think that's trending in the community of employers for people to be aware of is it's not all about, you have to be a perfect fit skills wise for this job. A lot of people want people with general skills and background, but then they can train you when they mm-hmm. get you on board. And so there, a lot of employers are willing to do that these days. And I think there's a misconception about that. Oh, I've got to be the perfect fit you know, one, be a great person, you know, be personable because people love cultural fits. That's a big shift that we've seen in the last in the years past. Um, so being that cultural fit, you know, having the general interests, um, you know, but that's all the stuff that we kind of download into you, right? Because mm-hmm. we've been doing this for over a decade. You know, our team is coached and trained this way to convey these messages to people. Here's the quick download of five minutes of what's happening in the world of employment. This is what the reality is. You have to compete. This is what you need to do to compete. Here's all these great training resources available to you for you to access on your own, or if you want live training. So all of that is the ecosystem of vet jobs. You get in the door and all that's available to you. Yeah. I love that. I love that. You said, I love, I want to use that term now. (laughs) I'm going to steal it. The cultural fit. I really like that term. And I, I think that's, we, uh, we talked about that a little bit already. It's just, 
it's also important for you to, to protect yourself. You know, you don't want, you know, to be so desperate that you accept a position, even though you're being well-paid, you know, it's, it's, you know, right in your line of career or whatever that you want to do. Um, if it's not a cultural fit for you, you're going to be miserable, you know? So it's, there's Both that. Employer and you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So to kind of, to be aware of, you know, you're not only is the employer in interviewing you, but you're interviewing the employer, you know, it's got to be a good fit for you too, you know, so it's not, right, exactly. So I love that. I love that term and, and focusing on that as well. And that's true. I mean, I've been a supervisor in the civilian world many times and I hired people who maybe weren't as qualified as other candidates just because of the the cultural fit or their, their attitude or their willingness to learn was better than another person. And I, I um, ran multi-million dollar contracts with um, licensed mental health professionals. And we had everything from almost, you know, very um, not as seasoned, you know, newer counselors. You know, I was a brand new counselor when I went into the program myself almost to, you know, PhDs who've been doing this for 30 years. I can definitely tell you my best employees were not the PhDs who were doing this for 30 years. You know, it was, it was the, the ones that were malleable and who had good attitudes and who were willing to learn and kind of, you know, shape what they were doing, um, you know, and contribute to, uh, you know, the organization rather than, well, I've been doing this for 30 years and I'm good at this and I'm an expert. So this is how I'm going to do this. And here's, you know, it's like, you know, that's, Right. Exactly. So, you know, we kind of have to take a step back and be a little humble. I mean, you may have had a very impressive military career, right? But um, you also have to kind of be aware of some of those things and be malleable and, and kind of look at yourself on how can you contribute your, your skills, your experience, um, and all of those assets to this new organization. And um, What I, what I used to always say to, because we worked in the contract world. So it was, you know, kind of, you know, every year it was like, oh, am I going to have a job? You know, and and it's, that's not for everybody. Right. That's right. Right. But I I used to say to people um, all the time, you know, just make sure that you're, you, you know, that you are like one of the most valuable assets in that organization. They'll find a way to keep you. They'll find, you know, even if things are bad or, you know, there's, there's cutbacks or whatever it may be, you know, to treat that organization, like you are contributing to it, like you own a piece of it, you know, basically. And, you know, you, you can contribute and become an asset and become a person where, you know, the leadership in the organization looks at you and goes, we can't do this without them. You know, that's, that's where you have a good cultural fit. Absolutely. And it's, it's on you, the individual, to make that effort to not just take a job. Yes, okay, if you need to get some income coming in, let's go get you situated and then work on developing what's the next step beyond that, you know, into a career pathway. So we like to talk more around the career pathway. And the reason being is it wastes time. We got a short minute on this planet. You know, it's going to go fast. Our, we get one shot at it. So, you know, spend it wisely, right? And, and don't waste your time. If you're not happy somewhere or you're underemployed also is what we see too, is you might be underemployed. So that's when you need to probably 
look at yourself and take that assessment like we talked about, get new skills and start trying to move on up. And, mm-hmm. and employers want that too because they spend tens of thousands of dollars in hiring somebody. And if it's not a good fit, you know, they've wasted that time and energy and money themselves and, and you did yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really just to both parties. And so it's putting your, both people put their best foot forward, right? Like you said, how can I bring value to the table you know, and be enthusiastic about a place that you're working at, you know, you should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome, Don. Um, so definitely everyone out there who's listening, if you are transitioning or maybe, you know, you're just underemployed or you're looking at doing something um, new or fresh, or you want to take your career in a different direction, check out all the resources on vetjobs.org and um, they can help you out and definitely take advantage of all the resources out there because that is the, the number one mistake that Don said that, that um, transitioning members make is just not um, utilizing those, the, that vast amount of resources out there to, to make your, your journey a lot easier. You're not the first one to do this. So definitely take advantage of those resources out there. Thanks so much for being on the Warrior Wellness Podcast. I appreciate the invitation, Stephanie, and look forward to talking to you guys some more in 2021. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Warrior Wellness Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. And if you screenshot your review and send it to info at fireteamwhiskey.com, along with your mailing address, we'd love to send you a thank you gift for taking the time to leave us a review.